This morning's psalm is Psalm, the 23rd Psalm. And I'll be reading from the King James, the New King James Version. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Praise the Lord. God of wisdom, by your spirit may your word be proclaimed so that we may know good news in our hearts and minds and bear witness to the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ in word and deed. Now quiet in us any voice but yours so that we may hear your word to us today. Amen. Our first reading is from the seventh chapter of Revelation. After this I looked and there was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white, with palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, singing, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these robed in white? And where have they come from? I said to him, Sir, you are the one that knows. Then he said to me, These are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason they are before the throne of God and worship him from day and night within his temple. And the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd and he will guide them to springs of the water of life and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Our gospel reading is from the 10th chapter of John starting at the 22nd verse. At that time, the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter. And Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe. Because you do not believe 
You do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they know they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What the Father has given me is greater than all else and no one can snatch it out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. O oh Lord, may my words and may the meditations in each of us be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When you think about God, what images come to mind? After certain movies came out, some people pictured the talented actor with a deep baritone voice, Morgan Freeman. Or some folks remember George Burns, for that matter. Or some may think of the voice in the movie The Ten Commandments, which, by the way, was just an altered, a slowed-down recording of Charlton Heston's voice. You know, he was the one who played Moses. Many people picture in their minds an old man with a long white beard sitting on a throne or standing in the clouds like the figure shown in so many cartoons. That is the image that was described in a recent interview that uh, Stephen Colbert gave on TV's The Late Show. One college student I asked described such an image but saw God as wearing sandals and having kind eyes. Perhaps, perhaps this is the way we picture God walking with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden or talking with Moses. Now other people think of, of God more abstractly, thinking mainly of characteristics like kindness or compassion joy, grace. In a wonderful essay on metaphors, uh, the Bible professor and scholar named Elizabeth Ochtemeyer says that the main subject of the Bible is God, God's relationship to the world and to God's people. But God is holy and transcendent and unlike anything in creation so that all of our language, all of our language is figurative because it attempts to describe in terms of this world one who is totally different from this world. As God told the prophet Isaiah, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Well, the Bible uses a huge variety of metaphors to describe God, but over the years, a few have kind of become our favorites. When, when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we say, we address God as our Father. King is another, another metaphor that pops up often, especially in hymns, and of course, shepherd is a frequent metaphor. 
Why, I have even seen the front of a church sanctuary covered with a beautiful mural that shows sheep grazing beside the still waters described in the 23rd Psalm. Can you imagine? <laughs> the fourth Sunday of Easter today is sometimes called Good Shepherd Sunday because the readings for the day always include a portion of that 10th chapter of John's Gospel in which Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Well, another way we refer to Jesus is the Lamb of God. And the passage that we read from Revelation describes Jesus both as Lamb and as Shepherd. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. Jesus is both the innocent lamb slain for us and the good shepherd who guides us, who leads us. Now, Professor Ochtemeyer's essay points out that God is known in the biblical account only in relationship. She points out five examples, king and subject. Judge and litigant. Well, just think of the, the book of Job in which Job wants to argue his case with God as though in court. Husband and wife. Father and child. And then master or lord and servant. And we can add, of course, shepherd and sheep. Well, perhaps you've been wondering about the one word in that sermon title I have not talked about yet, hen. Well, that's another relationship metaphor. In the 23rd chapter of Matthew, Jesus is lamenting, just mourning the city of Jerusalem as he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often, Jesus says, how often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing. Now, Lauren Winter is a professor at Duke Divinity School an Episcopal priest and a writer I've mentioned, well, just last week. Her latest book is called Wearing God. It explores more of those metaphors for God. I'm not going to try to summarize all this book, but let me tell you some of the questions she suggests that we consider regarding our metaphors for God. How do our images of God and the resulting images of ourselves, how do they invite us or sometimes interfere with our becoming the people God means us to be? How do our images of God draw us into worship, into reverence, into adoration of God? How do our images of God help us greet one another, knowing that all of us bear the image of God, are made in the image of God? Now, there's a, there was a Presbyterian preacher who, named Frederick Beekner who wrote, God cannot be expressed cannot, but only experienced. One of the people I asked what they thought about when they thought about God said that she thinks of Jesus. That's so appropriate because Jesus Christ came as a human being so that 
we might know God. Buechner also wrote about God that in the last analysis, you cannot pontificate. Well, a lot of people can. Well, we should not pontificate. We can only point. And he said, a Christian is one who points at Christ and says, I can't prove a thing, but there's something about his eyes and his voice. There's something about the way he carries his head, his hands, the way he carries his cross, the way he carries me. Thanks be to God. May the God of peace who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you and me with everything good for doing his will and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory now and forever.